It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Back in studio. Had a little uh, uh, technical hiccup there towards the end, but the message, I hope, was clear. Uh, I am uh, now the proud recipient of a flu vaccine. Uh, very grateful to that. And I, I know, too, that my, my little baby, Piper, she'll be getting hers very soon. My wife, Jessica, uh, we're flu shot people. Uh, we are supporters of that. Uh, I have, uh, for a while, if I'm honest, been unaware unaware of how uh, broad the uh, the pushback against uh, flu vaccines has uh, been. I then started talking about it here on the program and uh, was inundated with text messages and emails from uh, those telling me that, oh, Lee, you don't understand things the way uh, they ought to be understood. You have fallen victim to blah, 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 blah. Well, no, you see, I I do trust science and I do trust those uh, involved in our health care, including the the health department, uh, represented here by uh, Nicholas Rupp, spokesperson who gave us all that uh, good information on myths uh, and the the, the nurse, Troy, who administered my vaccine. I I trust the work that they're doing. I also trust people like Dr. Angela Dunn. Uh, who recently joined us on the program, and we had a conversation about this. We had a conversation about the flu shot. All of our attention over the past number of months has been, what, focused on COVID-19. Well, uh, it shouldn't be entirely, okay? There are other threats out there, and just because we are fighting a battle on one front doesn't mean that we uh, are able to stop defending ourselves on another. Here is uh, Dr. Angela Dunn from our conversation earlier this month. The biggest thing that we can do is get our flu vaccine. We really don't want to test our hospital capacity by having to deal with COVID cases and flu cases at the same time. And we're fortunate enough to have a flu vaccine to protect us mostly against getting the flu. So that's the number one thing individuals can do. And the others are, of course, things we're already doing, you know, staying home when we're sick, using good hand hygiene, wearing a face mask when we're out in public, and of course, staying home when we're sick. There are right now 249 Utahns hospitalized with COVID-19. That is one of the higher numbers we have seen in terms of hospitalization rate, if not the highest, since this pandemic began. We are also today reporting an additional five deaths from yesterday. The case count today, 988. We are in a spike. We are seeing some unfortunate trends. I will point out there is that one uh, piece of data which I uh, return to often, uh, and it is the seven-day rolling average for percent of positive laboratory tests. Uh, Today, uh, 13.9%. Now, I have been keeping track of that over the past two weeks or so, and 13.9 is not so far off what we have seen. It's fluctuated from about 13.7 to 14%, and so fluctuations of you know two or three-tenths of a percent. Those are significant, but if we're looking for a bright spot, I, you know, in my layman's analysis of this, would point to that rolling seven-day average for percent positive 
laboratory tests. Otherwise, though, uh, we are still fighting uh, a, a battle, which is increasingly becoming an uphill battle. We can win it, though. And one of the tangential ways we can ease the burden being faced by our hospital system right now is to do what Dr. Dunn has advised, to do what the Salt Lake County Health Department advises, uh, and do what common sense and science advises. Here again is uh, Dr. Dunn uh, saying that uh, the question that I had asked when we had this conversation with Dr. Dunn was uh, about testing. There are uh, there are some overlapping symptoms in COVID-19 and the flu. Uh, and so how should that impact our attitude and approach to, to testing? Dr. Dunn explained it this way. COVID and the flu can seem very, very similar, especially in the, the early stages of the diseases. So that's why it's so important that if anyone has any you know, respiratory symptoms, that they feel fatigued, have a headache, a sore throat, a cough, they should really go get tested for both COVID and flu. And those types of testing capacities are, are coming to our healthcare systems um, so that you can be tested for both and, and get your results fairly quickly so we know which one you have and, and how to treat you best. Now, listen, I don't want to sound all like doom and gloom, and I don't want to sound like I'm some parent scolding anyone. And so let's take a break here because there are there are bright spots. There are some. Can I tell you something funny? <laughs> I'm sorry, this is a total tangent, but you heard me uh, just say, let's take a break here. Uh, the producers in the booth uh, adjacent are conditioned to, for when I say, let's take a break, to immediately snap to and push the button that sends us to a commercial break. And I saw Josh, I saw Josh perk up. I saw Josh's Pavlovian response uh, to me saying the words, let's take a break. What I mean to say is, let's take a break from uh, from the from the scolding and look at one of the bright spots. One of the possible silver linings is that due to all the precautions that we, I'm still laughing about Josh. Because of all the precautions that we have taken to combat and mitigate the spread of the coronavirus, we may in fact see a suppression of the flu this year. Yeah, you know, we have some really good data coming out of the Southern Hemisphere, which is going through their flu season right now. And they have actually seen a huge decrease in the amount of flu spread um, throughout those countries. And that's because of the prevention measures that are being taken for COVID. Um, So, you know, hand washing, staying home when you're sick, physical distancing, those work for flu as well. So we're hoping here in Utah, we see the same trend with low flu numbers. And if I'm honest... I have spoken to a number of medical professionals, uh, a number of doctors over the past few months, talking about this uh, very principle. Uh, We see it now predicted to have an impact on the flu. uh, But the truth is we have, you and I, engaged in behaviors over the past seven, eight months. feels like an eternity, but what, seven, eight months uh, since COVID showed up that has dramatically mitigated the spread of many communicable diseases. All right. And so if you're looking for a bright spot, <laughs> you can be uh, you can take some comfort in things like the flu uh, will likely be spread with less frequency uh, as we have been taking these covid precautions. Uh, last word from Dr. Dunn as she and I spoke uh, early last month uh, about the upcoming flu season, the importance of a shot and how we will experience the flu season this year in the, the covid area. Here's Dr. Dunn. What we're really trying to do is protect our hospital capacity at this point. Um, Every year, our hospital systems are stretched thin during flu season um, because it's such a common virus and people can fall seriously ill from it. 
So we really don't want to test that capacity by throwing COVID on top of it um, because that could throw us over the top and we might have to start rationing care. And we don't want to get there, especially when we know we can prevent the flu with a vaccine. So we should take every measure we can to, to prevent it. And it's as simple as going to your pharmacy. I mean, you can get it right now. Um, it's never too early to get the flu vaccine. You can go into your local pharmacy and get it for free. So people should start taking those measures now. All right, that's it. That's going to be the last word on the flu shot. I promise I will not uh, bug you about this in the future. Uh, today, though, wanted to lead by example, uh, and so I have. You heard we walked out there. The Utah or the Salt Lake County Health Department hooked me up with uh, with a vaccine, and I'm just noticing this now. Uh, Nurse Troy Davis, as he gave me the injection, uh, you know, you wipe it then afterwards with a, a little, I don't know, alcohol swab or something, and then applied the band aid. I'm just now looking at the band aid, and it's the flash. Yeah, uh, a nice yellow background here and the the red costume with the flash over and over. Uh, So look at that. Uh, Superhero Band-Aid for a superhero. (laughs) I feel great. Uh, All right, that's going to do it for today's program. Uh, We've covered a lot of ground today. Tomorrow we will pick up where we left off uh, following the the hearing within the Senate Judiciary Committee for the nominee, Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, Questions begin tomorrow. She will face... Uh, a grilling, likely, uh, by senators on both sides of the aisle. Uh, these, as you have learned historically, uh, can be tough, uh, tough times for those nominees of the president. Also, uh, you heard today about my new hobby. I'm a skateboarder now. And so uh, in a few moments here as I sign off, I'm going to uh, head over to my place, pick up the skateboard, and uh, do a little bit of kick, push, kick, push, coast. Anyone recognize that line from the Lupe Fiasco song? Yeah. Uh, I'm in a good mood today. It's been a great Monday, and I hope that for for your sake that continues. Uh, You heard my earlier invitation to pick up a new hobby. Still hoping to hear from you. 575-00, the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Send me a note. Let me know what new outside-the-box hobby you've picked up. Mine's skateboarding. My sister's the ukulele. Uh, What's yours? Time for me to say goodbye. Next up is Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.